Hello and welcome. We are the Backseat Perspective. My name is Fabian and this is Edward. Now, I am 23 years old. I'm half Armenian and half Russian. I'm currently majoring in English and Communications and living in Armenia. I'm a little bit of a gamer, a little bit of a musician, a little bit of a writer. I like poetry and I like heavy metal. And Fabian? I'm originally from Indonesia. I'm currently living in Germany. Recently, I've just finished my computer science bachelor's degree, specializing in security. I really love programming and solving puzzles in general. I also love to play games. I'm an avid gamer. And I listen to any kind of uh, music and of any genre. And today, we are going to talk about personal struggles and different types of difficulties we experience throughout our lives. Now, to begin with, we would like to sort of introduce the definition that we're going to be looking at and then talk about our perspectives and our personal experiences. So problems can be of different types throughout different ages. They can be based on your age, looking for recognition in school, struggling with grades, relationships with teachers. When you're older, it might be university or career-related struggles, perhaps a midlife crisis. When you grow older, it could be fear of death and loneliness. Throughout all stages of life, you could be affected by depression for various reasons. Some people have mental disorders. Some people have sexuality and gender problems, but that is not always what we're going to be talking about. Now, uh, for me, personally, it's more or less about finding a way on how to overcome the hurdles that are in front of me. A bit about that in a little while. Ryan, what do you think of this? Um, first of all, I would like to add to what you said. Uh, keep in mind that life has a dynamic flow. It's not a static, uh, it's not a static thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Things happen and life rarely goes as planned, right? You have this big major vision that you have as a kid that you want to do that you, or you have this big dream that what you wanted to be when you grew up and oftentimes either because you don't have the privilege or either life gets in the way or something happens doesn't really uh, change the fact that most of the time life doesn't go as you want or as you have planned it and a lot of factors comes into play which could affect us and affect our life, both mentally and physically. I mean, I could be a very fit, very trained person, like physically. Right. I could run marathons for days on end, and then suddenly I get into an accident, I can't run anymore, right? True. It happens. Yeah, it does. And it is a long journey. Life is it's a very long journey that is personal to everyone. You know, not it's not one a one-dimensional thing, and I would like to... Keep that in mind while we discuss this topic. No, definitely, you are quite right on point with the additions, I think. Uh, especially on the rarely goes as planned part. I had a, in terms of my education at least, when I was about 17, I had a specific plan in my mind. I'd finish school when I was 18, I would go to university in Europe or in America, I would, you know, get a degree in mechanical engineering or something like that. Uh, I'm 23, I'm in my second year of college now. 
what happened? <laughs> you know, life didn't go as planned. School forced me to stay in school for a year. I had to take a gap year after school. There was no way I could afford to study in America. I went to Germany, to, to Europe to study. I had apparently misjudged my strength as a science scientific engineering major. I dropped out of that two years after. And at this point, I have completely shifted my paradigm. I'm working on English and communications, as I have mentioned before. It's, it's a big, big, big uh, roller coaster of uh, things I had to go through, you know. But what 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 was the shift like? What what do you think was the biggest shift between uh, your life right now and your life before when when you were still planning everything? Like, um, because uh, for me, there there was a big shift when I moved to Germany. I'm going to talk about that in detail, but uh, I want to hear your side from uh, your side of the story. Okay. Well, when I was 17, I was quite innocent and quite many different ways, especially to the, you know, to the way life can change and affect me immediately. When I was a kid, I traveled a lot, lived in many different countries. And when you're a kid, you don't think about it too hard. Your parents go to a different country, you follow them, you go to a school, you meet new people. That was my life. I would always get a new set of friends when I was young. When I was in middle school, that didn't happen so often, but I just swapped countries all the time. So moving to Germany was just like moving to a new country, except I was older. It was more so that I had the vision, I had a plan, but I was not responsible in some ways. So in some ways, I was responsible for screwing it up. In other ways, uh, there were some unforeseen circumstances. The school not counting one of my years of school and forcing me to take another year of school. The... The university system in Germany being really bureaucratic on the first time I tried applying there and uh, rejecting me. Having to have a gap year and doing absolutely nothing throughout it, nothing productive, not even working at the time, has uh, totally uh, messed with me at that point in time. And then eventually, when I did get to have a chance to study in a foreign country for me and uh, study engineering, I was so far removed from it mentally and uh, emotionally even in some ways that I could not go with the studies. I could not be bothered to study and I ended up getting quite depressed after a while. Now what about you? For me, uh, my biggest shift is that, or funnily enough is that I wasn't planning to go to Germany initially. I was actually like you. I wanted to go to America. Like, um, see, the, the thing is, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a chef, like a like a cook. I didn't really f uh, think about having a future in programming. I didn't even know that I love programming, so I say, right? right? And I was really good. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm the greatest chef in the world. But as a kid. I was able to cook a lot of different dishes and I could do it with relative ease. I didn't have to look up cookbook or something. I could just think about it and then just make can, can I ask, a dish. How old were you when you were able I was I don't know. I was between like maybe 
10 or 12, something yeah, like that's, that. It's impressive for um, a 12-year-old to, to be, be able fair, to cook dishes, you know. Yeah, but to be fair, um, my grandmother is a baker and my mom is a baker as well. And they cook a lot. Right? They, they, they cook a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. My mom basically cooks every day. And as a kid, I still remember vividly that uh, every time I go to my grandma's place, she would wake me up early in the morning and she would teach me how to bake bread, basically. It's not the same kind of bread as what you have here in Europe, but it's similar in the sense that it is indeed based on a European recipe. Um, It has been generations and it ha- it's been in my family for quite a while but what I did was that I took the base of the dough or, or, or the base dough I guess and put my own spin on it you know like do my own kind of bread and that's where I thought I was going to end up I thought I was going to end up doing that I, was, I thought I was going to end up in the culinary world I, I, don't, I really thought I was going to be a chef or be a baker I, I loved it you know it, it was part of my morning routine every time I was there and it's something personal something that I hold very dear these memories so and these skills have been useful to you ever since you moved out right yes of course um, it's really hard to save money in Germany if you don't know how to cook uh, honestly it's best if you just cook for yourself and not eat outside and go to a restaurant I definitely agree with you on that one, because I think most people that have been or that has lived in Germany before knows what I'm talking about. Like food, or going to a restaurant to get some food is incredibly expensive. I know in Germany. I I totally agree. Yeah, so as a kid, I was, I really honestly thought I was going to go into that world, or I was going to be in that world and from that 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 baking experience i took that creativity that i had so to say and i put it into cooking i cooked up a a whole bunch of different european dishes asian dishes you name it you know any kinds of dish that i can see that i watch online or watch through the tv i can basically or i try to basically recreate everything and most of the time, I'm successful. All right, that's, but that's life good. happens, you know. Just like you, yeah, suddenly you couldn't do something. Life happens, because apparently, going into a culinary school is expensive, like really, really expensive. I couldn't get any scholarship. I couldn't get any like cheap and easy way to get what I want to go to a university that I want to go into a school that I want. I had a lot of conflicts with my parents because ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be an independent and I always want to move out and live on my own. Right. And then I suddenly realized that I think it was about the same time, actually. This, funnily enough, it was about the same time, around 10, 11 years old, something like that, that I could make money. I could... Uh, produce money by jailbreaking phones, for example, or, or, or configuring or tinkering with gadgets and computers. I mean, I'm, I was already playing a lot of games at the time anyway, right? Yeah. And then 
it fascinated me how is it possible that all of these different things that we can experience, all of these different gadgets, all of these different uh, texting, calling, gaming, all of these different experiences that we have are all built out of zeros and ones. How is that possible? That, that really fascinated me. I still remember as a kid, there used to be an exhibition in, in my city, a big technological exhibition. My dad used to run and uh, have, have a stand in that exhibition, and I would always go to that. Uh, to uh, I would always go with him to that exhibition. And in that exhibition, there's always one stand dedicated uh, dedicated for an online game. At the time, the online game's name was Ragnarok Online. I still remember playing that for the first time in my life, and I was so so mesmerized by it. I was so, wow. And I was so fascinated by it that you can communicate and chat and interact with people that are like 300 and 600 kilometers away from you. That was mind blowing for me. How, how is that possible? And I dug deeper into it and I got even more fascinated because it felt like magic, right? Because the moment I realized, wait a minute, all of this are just calculations, are, are just binary calculations, right? Zeros and one. There's a certain rules, there's a certain set, and you can just magically conjure up a game or magically conjure up a platform where you can talk with people thousands of, uh, thousands of kilometers away or hundreds of kilometers away, like it's nothing in real time. That for me was insane. That was a real mind opener. And that, at that moment, my interest and my fascination grew more and more and more and more. And as I was leaving high school, or as I was finishing high school, I started to notice, well, maybe I'm not suited in the culinary world. I actually tried in high school to get a job in the culinary department or in the culinary world. Um, and the stress the constant pressure, the yelling and everything. Oh, that was too much for me to handle. And I, I realized, okay, you know, the culinary world isn't as so cut out or isn't as it was how I imagined it to be. And so I decided, okay, you know what? Maybe the culinary world isn't for me. You know, what, what, yeah. what can I do then? What can I do? And... I realized that, wait a minute, I can do programming, right? I've done this before. I earned money doing jailbreaks. I did, I made some websites on, on as a side job because, like I said, I always wanted to be in everything that I can to be independent. And although I didn't earn that much money, it was an okay amount, you know? Like, for, for, for a kid, it's not like I made a gigantically complicated website like Google. Well, Google is not that complicated. The search engine is complicated, but um, an overly complicated website like Amazon. Like Amazon has like thousands of different types of JavaScripts and whatnot. But my point is that, sure, it wasn't something complicated, but I had fun. I had fun doing these things. I had fun tinkering with my gadgets. I had fun 
uh, programming stuff. It, that, that, that when I realized, you know, this is a shift in my life. This is a shift in my paradigm where I was thinking that I should stay and be in the culinary world, and then suddenly, I don't want to be in that world anymore. And now I want to go and uh, study technology, and I want to be in the world of technology, and I have fun doing technological stuff uh, and programming and solving puzzles and all of that because programming are basically pr uh, problem solving, you know, puzzle solving. Right. So and you went digital, basically. Yeah, basically. I went from analog to digital. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of went and, the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I looked it up and I wanted to go to America, but I ran into the same problem, right? I didn't have money. So, you know, I needed to find another solution. Um, my second option was actually to go to Japan, but living in Japan is quite stressful, especially when you are a working class citizen. Uh, you basically have like very few, let's say, if I, and I don't know because I've never been to Japan, but from what I gather and what, can, what I can, I learn from it through the internet, I didn't gather much information or trying or I tried to get as much information as possible. But from what I can gather is that in Japan, you don't have as much vacation time or, or, or relaxation time as you would normally have in other countries. You only get, correct me if I'm wrong, about a week, a week's worth of vacation for the entire year. And that's very very few so i thought hmm okay maybe it's not for me even though i love the culture i love the food it's it's great right and then i looked at germany germany is famous for its advanced medicine advanced automobile industry and things like that and i saw that in germany you can have free education you can have relatively cheap living cost depending on where you live you can really really save a lot of money just by picking a city or a place that's not as crowded and has less of a property cost basically or depending to, so basically depending on where you live and how crowded the cost of a rent and of an uh, uh, the castle of rent for an apartment or for food and things like that can vary very, very differently. So if you are careful in your planning, you can actually live in Germany for way, way less than what you would pay to live in Indonesia. So I decided to move to Germany. And that, that for me was a very, very big shift in my life. Okay, all right. Well, I definitely agree with you on the, last, on the points about life being cheaper in Germany, maybe not necessarily in comparison to the places where I have lived, um, but in comparison to the places where I have wanted to live. When I looked at the numbers for one year of education in one of the universities that I, I was accepted into, it was uh, about 43 or $53,000 for an entire year, only in tuition. 
I would still need to pay for the dormitories, for my food, for my textbooks maybe, I don't know. It would be upwards of $70,000 a year with no scholarships, or if there was, very little. Uh, no way being able to afford that for one year. However, to basically try to complete a four-year or a five-year program in Germany, you only need like 10,000 euros a year in your bank account minimum to live. If you're like renting a really cheap flat, really practical with your food uh, and uh, whatnot and with your resources, you can, you can spend up to uh, like as little as 600 and something, 700 euros per month, probably. That's quite cheap. It's quite cheap and quite affordable. That's why I tried to go to Germany. Now, I didn't end up staying there because I also I had the shift of my paradigms. Now, as a kid, I was very laid back. Like, my parents just, you know, he goes to school, he goes home, he does his homework. He has me. And nothing special. But I used to have Legos. A lot of Legos. And I would oftentimes build when I first don't get get a set I would build it by the instruction booklet you know make it how it's supposed to look like but it doesn't stand on the shelf and collect dust it never stood on the shelf and collected dust in my house I always took the sets took them apart put them back together tried to figure out a different way to figure it out put put it together in a creatively different way combined two or three or more sets to try to create something even more grand or more mixed or something that whatever I see in my head was basically the result to try to create my own creation now I did that maybe until I was like 10 or 11 afterwards I haven't had the chance or time to play with Legos as much but I absolutely loved the whole idea of using existing blocks existing sort of rules to create a new creation that does something new now that sort of went away uh, by the time I was 12 and I wasn't really interested in much at that point in time. I liked science in school, I liked physics, I liked chemistry, I didn't really like biology, but I was always fascinated by experiments and mixing the chemicals in the test tubes and, you know, uh, doing all sorts of physical experiments and maths and whatnot. And I was actually kind of smart in my math class most of the time figuring things out faster than the others or more efficiently and that was all good and fun at around that time I discovered my love for music now back then I also learned that I probably should not consider a career in music as something that I wanted to do because I had not been playing music since a young age I've started playing music since a bit old a bit of an older age and I would probably never really be able to go to a conservatory, go to like UCLA, Berkeley, or whatever, all of these fancy music schools in America, um, due to me not having enough time to get enough practice to be at that amazing level that they would want you to be. But my parents never said to stop playing music. They said, keep doing it. It's a good hobby. And so it has stuck with me until today, from about 10 years ago. Um, but I had started to more or less not really know what I wanted to do for a while. And that lasted until I was about 16. Me and my family were about to move, 
more or less one last time before I was to go to university. And we were thinking of two ways. If I would stay in Russia, I would like finish school and go to like a technical school or something mm-hmm. and learn something else this specific. But we, but we ended up moving, so I ended up having a chance to complete the uh, international uh, high school ed- secondary education, mm-hmm. which I did. With that, as I mentioned earlier, I had some problems. I had to stay in school for an extra year, which allowed me to gather more time. At the time, I was still thinking of doing um, mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. I applied to several different programs in the east coast of the United States. East, West, East, yes, on the East Coast of the United States, in Massachusetts, two places in Massachusetts and one place in New Jersey. I got into these three places. I was really happy about myself, but I could not afford it. At the same time, I had also slowly started to realize how much I stopped liking math. What happened to me was when I switched schools, I was doing pre-calculus. So, trigonometrical stuff. Uh, basics of derivation, things like that were the things I was starting to do at the time. And uh, I changed schools, I moved countries, and I was told I needed to basically backtrack two years of math because they did not recognize or sort of agree with my previous school grades and uh, standards. So you were not certified? Yeah. Yeah, they just said these two subjects, that we didn't do it, we, we don't accept your grades. Eventually, we, uh, me and my family, we did like fight the school and get them to give me credits, high school credits for a lot of the missing classes, but not math. By that point, I had to redo uh, the whole algebra course, the whole pre-calculus course, before I could do calculus. And only, only because I had to stay that extra year in school, I was able to complete a calculus course while in school. But at that time, math was something I actually kind of hated. I really mm-hmm. didn't like it at that point. I was getting bad at it. I didn't want to practice. I had no motivation. I had no interest. Mm-hmm. And then I graduate. I, I, I know I'm accepted to America. I know I can't afford to go there. At the same time, I had sent out several applications to several universities in Germany. Also, in real, 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 similar fields of electrical engineering and uh, and uh, physics. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. due to bureaucracy kicking me in the nuts, I did not get in there too, and that was a very stressful summer. And mm-hmm. to spend a year in that same country I finished school in, pretty much doing nothing except going to the gym uh, mm-hmm. and playing a little bit of guitar <laughs> uh, for an entire year until I could apply to universities again. And applied to a specific school in Germany that was doing automation technology. Except I didn't read the little text that said electrical engineering. I had never covered electrical electrical topics in physics at school. I loved physics, but I never got taught electricity. Because I was switching schools so many times, I ended up being taught the Newton's laws of motion uh, about um, three times in a row mm-hmm. within three years and instead of learning the Ohm's law I had to do Newton's laws over and over again I was really good at them and it's part of the reason I love physics so much mm-hmm. so I applied to this Hochschule a technical school in Germany I mean you know what mm-hmm. it means but not every viewer yeah. listener might um, 
and I get in. I'm happy. I'm really happy. I, I get to move out. I get to be alone. I get to try to be independent for once. You, you got your independence. Yes. Except, well, I didn't know it was going to be so damn hard. It was so complicated. I was so alone. I didn't know anyone for a while. I didn't know what to do. And now there were plenty of funny stories I could speak about my experiences in Germany. That's absurdities. But that's for later, maybe. Anyway, I come to Germany and I try to study. I generally try to study the electrical engineering required. Um, there were times when it was actually interesting. But it was like doing chemistry. It was like doing these damned chemical equations that didn't make any sense. Although, they did make sense. In a very twisted way. And, and it was really confusing. Funnily enough, my best and my only subject that I liked at the time was coding. We had data processing and we were working in C++. And I loved that. That was fun. But it caused me to make another mistake in the future yet again. But... We'll get to that in a little bit. So, a year passes, I failed half of my courses, so I need to retake a lot of them. And I will more or less get prepared to do so in the next year. And I spent another year doing absolutely nothing. I failed everything, even for German. I managed to screw up so bad, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I... I didn't want to live anymore, frankly. I want, felt like, felt so bad, I didn't want to exist. I didn't want to kill myself, I just didn't want to exist. Those are two different things for me. Uh, and I had a backup plan, apparently. My father told me that, look, son, you get one more chance. There's this university you applied to in Armenia earlier, and you got into. Apply to it again, do computer science if you like programming so much. And now this was about a year and a half after I had finished the programming classes at my university. I started to forget things. And things happened when I came to Armenia that weren't so fun as well. What happened was I applied for computer science. So yet another technical degree again. I got in, no problems. I moved to Armenia. And... I hated it. I fucking despised it. It was nasty. First of all, in Germany, I've been working with C++. So I'm, you know, used to some of the rules of C++. I'm used to knowing the fact that most useful programming is done in C++. All of our operating systems and whatnot are built on that. Why am I learning JavaScript? Why JavaScript? Not even Java, it was JavaScript. It was just so infuriating. And, and at that point, I forgot how to math. You give me a derivative right now to do, I'll screw it up. I'm that bad at this point. So I started failing the math classes really bad. In winter, I had spent most of my winter last year, not this year, not this New Year's, last New Year's, thinking about mm -hmm. uh, maybe I should change my major. One last change for the right direction. At the time, I had also started to play guitar more actively again and write poetry. And I'm, I was thinking, well, I haven't, I haven't ever read that much. I can write, 
but I could write better if somebody taught, gave me like a toolkit of knowledge that I can use to make my writing better. And then I thought, well, if my friends are studying English and communications, what are they actually studying? Oh, English literature, British literature, uh, culture, English, communications, lots of writing related topics. I was like, hell yeah, this is perfect. This is exactly what's in my head right now. And I switched and I am really happy about that. And I think I'm finally on the right track. 23 years old, second year in university, complete clusterfuck of a mess. But I feel like I'm finally on the right path, you know? Mm, finally found where your passion is. Yes, passion. Finding passion was one of the things that I was having a lot of trouble with. You were more or less set, from what it sounds like, you found that one thing that you love, that you still love very dearly, in terms of coding and programming and the worlds of one and zeros, where for me, I would have never thought I would be studying what I am studying now. When I was 13, 14, I despised literature. All of my literature classes were nasty and terrible. And I hated writing essays, but apparently I became really good at it. Apparently I really, really like it now. Apparently I can write a funny or an interesting or uh, an emotional text of some sort whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. You know? And it's funny because these things that we experience at first glance, you think like, oh, this is just for me. But when you think about it, when you talk to it, to a, when you talk to a lot of different people, you notice that, no, this is, well, okay, your experience for yourself is unique, right? But the general idea, this, this problem of searching for your passion and feeling depressed, during your during different phases of your life, like feeling like you're not worth it, like you're doing something wrong, like you're not, you know, fulfilling yourself, so to say. It's actually a very common theme. Like it's like a very recurring theme in a lot of people. Oh yeah, definitely. And I find it interesting because when I was studying, um, I wasn't depressed because I was studying something that I love. Even though it wasn't exactly what I wanted, because I wanted to study theoretical computer science and not IT security, but it's still technological, uh, technologically related and it's still programming heavy, right? So I didn't really mind. At first, I was really depressed. I was well, not depressed. Depression comes later, after uh, later down the road. But I was really sad when I realized that I was not eligible to study theoretical computer science at a university in Germany because Germany has a university and as a as a Hochschule and I was really bummed out about it. I was really sad I was really disappointed that I didn't I wasn't eligible to study theoretical computer science but you know after after a while I, I, I come to terms with it and then I decided okay you know what Let's study IT security. It sounds interesting. There's a lot of programming in it. Why not, right? I tried it out. And during 
my journey of studying IT security, I learned less about programming itself because basically what you need to do for programming is practice. Like you need to do a lot of practice. You need to have two things. You have you need to have a strong logical uh, logical reasoning capability. So to say, you need to be able to think logically, mm-hmm. and you need to have a lot of practice. And with practice over time, you learn how to program more efficiently, use libraries or use functions, make functions that makes your work easier. And you learn how to structure your code better. You, you learn how to understand, uh, understand other people's code as well. And all of that stuff comes with practice. Precisely. And... The thing that the, the thing is that I learned less about programming. Like sure, I learned a lot about programming, but I learned way, way more about life itself. Because during my dur- during my uh, journey studying IT security or during my life here living alone, um, a lot of, a lot of things happened. I met a lot of people. I made a lot of friends, a lot of new friends, and. Then on the f- fourth semester, right before I had to move, or uh, I guess I had to do my internship, I set my kitchen on fire, and that that put me in, in the, into depression. Basically, that that really put me down because m- my train of thoughts was that I could have killed someone. I could have badly hurt someone you know yeah it was a stupid thing yes it was an accident okay but i blame myself for it over and over and over and over and over again and i just felt bad like really 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 bad i didn't want to eat i didn't want to see anyone i stopped going to Badminton practice. I stopped going to. I stopped going to swimming pools. I stopped doing a lot of things that I love to do. I started to get mad more. I started to tilt more in games. And even though before I, people know me as this untiltable mountain that never that never really says anything, but after that point, I was really starting to get stressed out. Like very very stressed out. Well, that event, and, that accident, has traumatized you in a little way because, and yeah, in in, result, in a big way, it has it has you traumatized ha- you. Had, you had, I guess, a more of a outward depression in some way, like you were not depressed super inside. You were depressed for something that you did, or that affected, that could have affected others in a very negative yeah. way. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, I'm a danger to other people. I shouldn't interact with them. I'm a, I'm a piece of shit, you know, I'm garbage. And this was around the time that I started dating someone. And she was the one that really holds me together. You know, I, I was like, I'm honestly, if I if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here right now. Like, uh, let me just straight uh, say that straight I would have just, you know, ended right there and then. 
no, 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 not not even a question. Like at that at that point, my mind was telling me every single day, you are a piece of shit, you are a danger to other people. Why are you still alive? Right. You're and, lucky you had somebody to pull to help you. Yeah, I was I was I was very very lucky and. It, it it really got me like that 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 whole situation with the fire it really got me and then the semester went by and then I had to basically live my life feeling like I'm hollow you know yeah I still had I to concentrate I still had to do my exams there there was no excuse for me to stop because there was too much at stake because my family is not a rich family I don't I can't travel from one country to another. I'm not trying to diss you. I'm just saying that my family is not a family that can afford to put me back into Indonesia and then I have to redo the entire thing again. And that doesn't work. No, I don't want to you know, make, there was make it way... sound like I, my family is super rich either. It, w there was some aspects of my father's job and its uniqueness that gave it some extra pay. But mm -hmm. My dad is getting older and traveling around the world is getting quite stressful for him. Mm -hmm. Here's mm -hmm. what I like to point out is that you did not let yourself loose, even though you were struggling. You did. Yeah, you but were lucky. Was... You had someone to pull you out in a way to help you to like be, give yeah, you to, a hand to, keep, to grab. Keep, keep me together, so to say. Right? Yeah, you were lucky. I was, I was, I was, I was really, really starting to to crack because um i, I don't want to explain it right now but I, as a kid i was abused a lot and i don't have a good relationship with my family um and i had no one so to say right i, I sure i had friends but I, I i didn't want to talk to them right yeah, the only one that i can talk to was my girlfriend and she was the one that seriously put me back together so to say like slowly yeah. and without her I, 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 I seriously honestly i wouldn't be here right now and like you're very lucky for that i was very lucky um i i had to live like that for a year a year and a half and then it started to affect my life like in, in a big way not in just i'm skipping meals something like that no it's really <laughs> affect me a lot um and then it started to affect my relationship as well because she was feeling down because I was feeling down and then it just becomes a bad cycle. Right? And, and then I had to move to do my internship. I was lucky as well because somebody wanted to give me a chance to do an internship and they gave me a, a spot uh, to do an internship in Austria, which is cool. I thought, oh, you know, a fresh, a fresh beginning, so to say a fresh place to expand my experience, expand my horizon to, to get my mind off things, right? Right. And I, I moved to Austria and I felt like at, at first the job was, was okay, the job was fun. It was a programming job, I love programming. It was all nice and daisy. And then as time goes on, I started to realize that this kind of a job is not for me, right? And then it started getting stale. And I realized oh, this, the company is great. I love working with the people there. The, 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 but it just wasn't... The people that I worked with, the developer team, they were, they were awesome people. But then 
I started to realize that this, this is not fun anymore. This is not what and you I started wanted to, to do, right? Meaning, yeah, this is not what I want to do. I want to experiment. I want to solve problems. I want to, but not in this topic. Not in the way that oh, did, uh, please create a program or script that counts an invoice or makes, you know, a nice user interface or um, please edit the script so that it counts the number mathematically accounting something like that. You, you don't want you know? to do that. I don't really feel like this is the department or this is the kind of a programming gig that I want to do for the rest of my life. And then I, I started to feel hollow. I started to feel empty. And then the, the, that surge of depression came back to me again. And this time it hits even harder because I'm stuck at an internship that I don't really like or don't really like anymore, so to say. I, I used to like it, but then over time it becomes stale. And I can't go anywhere. I need to finish this. Like I said, there's so much at stake because it feels like the entire future of my family is in my hands. And if I screw it up somewhere, if I just suddenly stop, take a break or whatever, everything is just going to fall apart. You know? Yeah. And honestly, it, it, it really, really bottom, really bothers me. It really breaks my mind, like piece by piece, to learn that your family is not doing well, that while you yourself are in this really shitty state, your family is also in a really shitty sh state, but you don't have anyone to lean back on or anything to lean back on because otherwise everything is going to fall apart. Right. You know, you have to keep saying that everything is okay, even though it's not. You have to keep going. You have to keep pushing forward, even though there's no reason to. There's no point in anything. You just have to keep going forward. And the person that taught me that was, at the time, my girlfriend. We broke up, but, you know. That's a story she was for the one. Day. She was the one that, that really put me, put me together. Right. And... I'm Okay. I after the internship I went back to Germany and then we broke up and then <laughs> on top of the family problem, on top of the depression, and then I have this even more <laughs> this this relationship problem, yeah. I broke up with my girlfriend and she was everything to me, you know. Like I really I really owe a lot to her. And it hit me hard. And, 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 and this was about six months ago. And, and, and like right after the internship, I really felt like, wow, this is the lowest, lowest point of my life right now. I've never felt worse ever. I remember when you texted me and we called on more than one occasion. Yeah, like, like I had nothing else. You know, the, the one thing that kept me together is gone. And you were, you were lost I, was, I was just, yeah, I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know where to go. I tried to distract myself as best as I could, but everything just felt bland. Everything tasted off. The games weren't fun anymore. Talking to people weren't fun anymore. Looking at films weren't fun anymore. Going out, taking a walk weren't fun anymore. I was secluding myself in my room for months. And 
I didn't have anyone to talk to. So I started texting some other people, one of them including you. No. Try and talk it out. And then I realized looking back that the reason we broke up was because she couldn't handle looking or seeing me falling apart piece by piece. But she didn't realize that the thing that kept me together was her, you know? And um, and then she's, and then out of nowhere, like after maybe a month or something, she texted me. And she started, uh, she asked me how I'm doing and what I'm going to do for my thesis. I told her, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, at the time, I actually have no idea. And then, funnily enough, she's the one that told me to, um, you know, you love quantum computers, right? I mean, you don't talk about it every single time. It's your passion, something that you love to do. Why not do a thesis on that? You know, like, fuck whatever your professor says or whatever anyone says, just do it. You know? And I can still see she's still trying to support me. You know, she still cares, but. It's awkward between us, right? But I can still see that she cares. So I promised myself I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. You know? This is the lowest point of my life so far. I've never felt more shit than I am right now. So why not just do the thesis the way I want it on a topic that I like, that I love? You know, I, I have nothing to lose. Right? Like, <laughs> I already feel like complete garbage anyway. Right? My family's not there. My girlfriend left. I mean, she still kind of give me like moral support and everything. But we broke up and everything felt like shit. Nothing was going right. And everything was falling apart. Why not just take a risk? You know, just just do something for myself for once you know so i did and it's not like doing a thesis on quantum computer is something easy you know <laughs> you have to be a little bit insane to actually even think about doing it and you have to keep in mind this is a bachelor bachelor thesis it's not a master or something like that so and then i start researching i talked to my professor about it he agreed, and then time goes on. And this is the funny part. The moment I stop thinking about, oh, I'm a danger to other people, I'm a piece of shit, I need to do this, like all of these different things in my head, the moment I stop trying to focus on those things and focus on the things that I want to do, that I love, I felt better. My life was still shit. Everything, everything else was still shit. My family is not doing better. But I myself, personally, I felt better. You know? I'm not saying that it always works. I'm not saying that it applies to everybody. That if you're depressed, just do something I love and then you just got to fix yourself. No. But for me, it helped. It was something, you know? It was something. I... You know? I... Need to sort yeah, of, like uh, like basically my life started to have color again, so to say, right? It started to have meaning again, and 
I never expected to finish the thesis, honestly. I expected to fail and I needed to add another semester and I need to learn for another semester and things like that. Weren't you and really successful with the, th with the thesis? Sorry? Weren't you very successful with the Yeah, but I never expected to finish. Well, you, know? you worked hard. You would, no offense, but I mean this in a very complimentary way. You wouldn't shut up about it. In a good way. <laughs> Because yeah, but 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 and, uh, and, the thing and, is, and I w and I didn't tell you, and and I wouldn't have told you, well, because one, even though I can't understand any of it to save my own life, you were talking about it with such energy, with such passion that like, well, how can you not listen to this man? This man loves this. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll try to make it simplify it for you in his explanation, so you can get it. <laughs> but he loves this shit. Let yeah, him, and, let, and, let and, him and, let him go crazy with it, you know. Uh, and then, the, and then something came into my head, so to say, a Vsauce video that I watched a long time ago. Vsauce is a YouTube channel, a scientific YouTube channel. You can look it up. Um, something that he said um, about regrets and mistakes, and th it really hit me hard at that point. Then he he told it like this, more or less. Um, you are like a tree. Now, imagine that you carve something on that tree, right? like a, a tree sapling. Right? You, you carve something on that tree sapling. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a wound on that tree, correct? And, and what, what you carve on that tree. Right. See? That wound is going to stay there. Right? No matter what you do, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go up and down, left or right. It's going to stay there. But it's not going to grow any bigger ever. It's just going to stay the same size forever, right? But it's gonna stay. <clears throat> Sorry, but it's gonna stay there. Most definitely, yes. The thing is, the tree, the the tree sapling, or you in this case, will grow bigger, will grow larger, will grow up and down, left and right, mm -hmm. and eventually, that wound, that that regret, that mistakes that you make, is going to become such a small part of you. That you can barely see it. You know? Yeah, I can totally... Your wounds, your regrets, your mistakes will always stick with you, no matter what you do. But you can always grow bigger. You can always outgrow your mistakes. You can always learn from it. And I wholeheartedly and agree. Eventually, sure, the mistakes does not go away, but eventually it will become a smaller part of you. Totally true. And, wow, we have talked a lot, and you have... Did you stop recording yet? <laughs>